So today we're going to be talking about the subject <clears throat> of joy. Joy is a quality that only Christians can have. Why? Uh, because it comes from the Lord. Joy truly is a quality that only Christians have. Why? Because it comes directly from Jesus. Here's a couple definitions of joy. A, a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Joy isn't just some emotion. It's not just a feeling. It's truly a feeling that comes from, from our soul, but it's produced by the Holy Spirit. Another definition, joy, a lasting emotion that comes from the choices, from our choices to trust that God will fulfill his promises. And one thing I can tell you about the Lord, uh, when he promises you something, you can take it to the bank. He's going to honor his word in all things. Amen? Title of the message today is Consider It All Joy. Consider It All Joy. Joy, James chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Here we go. This is what it says. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who were dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider it all joy. Somebody say all joy. My brethren. Who's the brethren? The brethren of the body of, the, the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters in the Lord. So anytime scripture makes reference to the brethren, it's talking about those that are of God, that are believers. We are, we are of the family of God. When you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so today I want to offer up three things that you should know about joy. Three things that you and I need to know about joy. Number one is this joy is something that we choose. It's something that we choose. Last service, guy's walking out and he says, Hey, point number one, you said joy is something that we choose. You've used that before. And I said, Thank you. Uh, you, you'll find out about me that when you use the same book all the time, there's a lot of very similar messages that are there. And here's what I want you to know. It's important every day of my life. Are you, are you with me? Joy is something that you choose. The writer here, uh, James, is saying, listen, consider. Let it, let it be thought-provoking. Consider it joy when when you encounter various trials. This may be, this may be one of the most life-changing passages of Scripture if you and I choose to apply it to our lives. Think about it. Why is that? Because if, we, if you and I learn it and live it to choose joy in the midst of our hardship, that, that changes our lives. That when we come to a spot in our life that we make a decision to consider the worst scenarios as joy, it's not that we take joy in them, it's that we find joy in the midst of them when you encounter various trials. You know, if we had enough time here on a Sunday morning at the 9.30 service, we could go around the room and I could say, all right, right here, VIP section, you guys sit next to the pastor, ooh, if I had you raise your hand and say, give me a list of some trials that you are currently in right now, my assumption would be you'd be able to raise your hand. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and event center, we could all raise our hand. Why? We have trials in our lives. And so we need to consider it joy when those trials come. And it says various trials, poor health, a struggling marriage, financial stress, issues at work, all different types of things that you and I experience, but we've got to understand that in that, joy can be found. Life, uh, life will do its best to break you down with trials. Uh, life does its best uh, to pull you away from the things of the Lord. We get discouraged. We get weary. Uh, we get weak. 
You know, when, when I'm weak, the Bible says he is strong. Matter of fact, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So really, when you're weak and you're discouraged and you're down and out, tap in to the joy that the Lord has in you because that ultimately is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my 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 strength. It's a very easy song to memorize. Second verse, he gives me living water, and I thirst. No, no, let's not do it. Different sermon, different day. 11 o'clock service would appreciate it way more. All right? So, so if, if I'm weak, and he is strong, and the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is my strength, then I need to come to a spot in my life where I embrace the joy that God has for me. The problem is too many of us choose to give in to, to the list of lies that the enemy throws at us that pull us away from God's joy. We choose fear, we choose doubt, we choose uncertainty, uh, we choose depression and guilt and shame. You know, there's a story in Acts chapter 5. If you're interested, you can just kind of hang a left in your Bible a little ways. Acts chapter 5 is a story of the apostles um, that are going through a different season of life. The apostles, Acts chapter 1, uh, they came before the Lord and, and Jesus ascended into heaven and, and he said, hey, um, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and Umatilla and Asatula and Altoona and Pittman and Grand Island and Sorrento and Paisley and Oklahoma and Okahumka. And I'm just, there we go. All right, all of them. Well, no matter where you go. Be my witness. Acts chapter 2, Peter preached his first sermon. Thousands of people got saved. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John came upon this man that was begging, and he was, he was lame, and he's like, hey, I need some money. And they said, look, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get up and walk, big boy. And the man got up that day. He was healed. His life was forever changed. Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, once again, preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They got detained by the council. They were roughed up a little bit. They brought them into the center, the Bible says. And they said, by what power and what name have you done this? By this man being made well. And, and, and you know, Peter, he got, his, uh, he got his preaching coat on that day. And, he said, and then it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said to them uh, that by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that's how this man stands here before you. So what's happened is there was a move of God that was taking place. And the council and the leaders and all those in authority were, were, were concerned. Because this, this message of hope and this joy in the life of these believers was overflowing. And so at the beginning of Acts chapter 5, they said, you know what, let's kill these guys. Let's just kill them. And this man named Gamaliel, and I'm going to get to it here in a second, he's like, whoa, listen, y'all got to hold up. Because I'm just telling you right now, there's been people like this that rose up before, and they started a little posse, but when they died, their people dispersed. You know, there's been people before that had authority, and when they were out of authority, their people dispersed. But you need to know this. If you are fighting against these men, and they are of God, you are actually going to be fighting against God. Let me tell you what happened here uh, real quick. I'll look at verse 38, Acts chapter 5, if you uh, are interested. It says this, so in this present case, I say to you, this is Gamaliel saying this to the council, after they've already brought Peter and the apostles in. 
and they, they put them in a, they tucked them away in a little storage closet for a little bit. It says, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Or else you may even be found fighting against God. So they took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them. Now, here's, you, you ought to go home later and ought to look up the definition of flogging. I did a study on it when I was in Bible college. I'm telling you, it's horrible. These guys did not get slapped on the wrist. They did not just get told, hey, when y'all leave, don't talk about the Lord anymore. They were brutally beaten with rods on their back. The, these guys were, were torn apart. And it says this, they flogged them and ordered them to not speak in the name of Jesus, and then they released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, and what were they doing? Rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So what did they do? Their circumstance was horrible, yet they chose joy in the midst of of a trial that was horrible. How, how do you stay joyful um, you know, through life? You know, a number of years back, my mom, I had found out that my mom and dad, after many years of marriage, were discussing getting a divorce. My wife and I had just come off of having two miscarriages in a very short period of time. My wife had to have emergency gallbladder surgery. Um, our finances were tight. It, it was one of those seasons where you're like, Lord, I know you promised you're never gonna leave me, you're never gonna forsake me, but right now this stinks. And every Wednesday night, I had to go to youth group, and I had to, you know, be who God called me to be. And every Sunday, you go to church, and I'm, I'm, I'm serving at a church in, in Alabama at that time in Geneva. And, you know, then um, throughout the week, you try to continue to let God's joy be seen through you. And one, one night, after kind of sharing my heart with the kids in, in our youth group, one of them came up to me and said, Brother Brooks. That's what they call me, Brother Brooks. I guess it's better than Sister Brooks, you know, and... Uh, no offense if your last name is Brooks, lady, sorry. Uh, uh, Brother Brooks, uh, how can you, this is what he said, how can you continue to stay joyful with everything that's going on in your life? And this is my response. What's my other option? Because if you and I look at our lives and we see that we can choose joy even in the midst of horrible circumstances, what's the other option? Grief and despair? Depression and anxiety, guilt and shame, fear over faith. I, I want my joy to, to be seen, but I don't want it to be phony. I want it to be real. Why? Because it comes from the Lord. Joy is something that we choose. Number two, joy can't be stolen. Joy can't be stolen. Hang a left in your Bible, John chapter 15, verse 11. Just one verse here. Jesus is speaking. He's sharing this idea of the Lord, uh, our Heavenly Father, being the vine dresser, Jesus being the vine, and you and I are the? We're the branches, okay? Now, I'm going to just tell you real quick about the Lord, okay? If he's the vine and we are the branches, you do not want the Lord showing up at your house with a pair of loppers, okay? <laughs> pruning shears, that's fine. That's fine. We all need a little pruning, but loppers, Read through that, John chapter 15, you'll get it. You don't want him showing up with uh, loppers because there's going to be a fire that comes after that. I'm just keeping it real, all right? This is what it says in verse 11. And Jesus is speaking. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, somebody say my joy, may be in you and that your joy may be made full. I love it. Okay, he lays it out. My joy, 
Jesus is speaking, his joy may be in you, but your joy may be made full. I mean, talking about our relationship here in the vine and the branches, what the Lord's trying to do with the, the, uh, the, the apostles, is he's, uh, excuse me, the disciples, is he's trying to share with them how close that they are. Guys, what I want you to realize is if you're connected to me, you're connected to him. If, if you, go, you have to go through me, Jesus, to experience the heavenly father. And he's showing them that his joy, when he's there and when he's not there, that his joy can be in us. And the question is, if his joy is in us, where is it? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Matter of fact, there's actually a couple songs that can explain to you where his joy is. There's one that you would have learned back in the day. It goes, J-O-Y, down in my... Okay, so like... You are the only people that went to the same church that I went to, okay? So it's down in my heart. J-O-Y, down in my heart, deep, deep, down in my heart. And then the one that's everybody's favorite. Wait, I didn't start yet. I was clearing my throat. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay, and I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, and I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Hey, think about this. I remember praying with my mom years ago, and she said, Son, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? I mean, ultimately, we receive Christ. The heart is a physical being within us. But ultimately, we're, we're, we're referring to our soul, who we are within us when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives. And he says that my joy may be in you. Now, why is that significant that God's joy dwells within our heart? And then I'm telling you, it can't be stolen because uh, where the Lord's house is, he doesn't allow things to be stolen. It's his joy. So the devil, here's what you need to realize. The devil can't steal your joy. You may choose to allow the devil to have a way in your life, but he can't take what's not his. And so if the joy of the Lord is in my heart, and I want you to know he's not welcome there, the enemy's not welcome there, what he chooses to do is mess with your mind. I've said it for years, the devil's playground is right here in between these two ears as he continues to manipulate and deceive and throw us a curveball on a regular basis. Yet the devil can't take what's not his. Verse 11 says, and your joy, that your joy may be made full. Now I've read that a number of times. It makes me believe that if Jesus is saying, my joy be in you, and that your joy be made full, that you and I have some part in this process. Yes, when we receive Jesus, we receive all of him. But maybe your joy meter isn't where it needs to be. Maybe you and I, every once in a while, can remember the day that we gave our life to Jesus Christ, and we were so full of joy, it was gushing on everybody. Now, I don't know how many of you are like this. Um, you know, the other day I got in the van, and we were headed out for a trip, and I get in the van, and I crank it up, and there is an orange light 
with a little gas pump on it. And I look over to my wife and I say, honey, the van needs gas. And she looks at me and she says, I know. That's why I married you. Because evidently, in the handbook for husbands, pumping gas and killing wolf spiders is at the top of the list, okay? I, I don't know, and I don't need any guys elbowing their wife here, but are there any of you in the room that just love waiting until your light comes on before you fill up with gas? You're already elbowing people. I told you don't elbow people. How many, you know what's crazy? Back in the day, if you went down to E, you were living on faith. But now, because of these computer chips that we have, it'll actually tell you you have 50 miles to go before you're empty. And there are some of you that are so twisted in your brain, you like waiting till it gets under 10. It's like Russian roulette. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. We can do it. We can do it. And here's what I want you to know. One day, one day, <laughs> it's going to let you down. And you're going to pull, all of a sudden you're going to be like, what's going on? You're going to get on the phone and say, honey, I don't know what in the world's going on. The car just stopped. And, 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 and maybe, maybe your husband or, or your wife, they say, well, do you have gas in the car? And you say, I still got three miles to go. <laughs> no, no, no. You are on your way to empty, okay? How many of us in this room, we can tell when our joy meter is going down? That there is a, there is a spiritual warning light that we don't have the joy of the Lord uh, overflowing us like it should. And here's what, what we should realize. The joy is there. It's there. Because Jesus said to the believer that my joy may be in you. It's there. We're, not, we're just not tapped into it the way that we should be. And so my hope and my prayer for us is that as we go throughout our lives, that our joy meter will be so full that nothing else can take its place. Think about this. When I'm full of Jesus... And his joy, there's no room left over for anything else in my life. Ponder that thought for a second. That when my joy, it, when Jesus and his joy dwell within me, there, and I'm full of it, there's no room for anything else to filter into my life. This space is taken. What's it ta it's taken with the joy of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you this, a joy-filled life will bless the world around you. Amen? Joy cannot be stolen. Yes, we can try to give it away, but it can't be stolen. And lastly, joy is a way of life. Joy is a way of life. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 16. When I graduated um, high school at uh, Eustis High School, I was the FCA um, Student Athlete of the Year for weightlifting. <laughs> I just want to see if you were listening. For tennis, for tennis, do you see me? No. And uh, they asked me, he said, uh, it was for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, what, what Bible verse do you want on, uh, on your plaque? And, and I've got it, you know, I've got it now, um, even today. And I said, I, I want 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Three parts to it, okay? Um, different translation than what's on the screen. Um, on the screen, it should, be, it should be telling you, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And, and I, I was always, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus our Lord. I went through a season of life where I was, I was sincerely wanting to know, God, what is your will for my life? Who am I going to marry? How much money am I going to make? You know, how big's my house going to be, and where will I park my bass boat? Like, all right, God, let's get, the, let's get the particulars out of the way here. Tell me your will. And the Lord, through his word, reminded me that his will for my life, it might include those things, marriage and family and career, but his will, his will for my life is to be joyful always. His will for my life is to pray continually. His will for my life is to give thanks in all circumstances. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, it will change you. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your career. It'll change the hope that you have and what tomorrow holds. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Listen to this. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Any of you know joyful people that just always seem healthy? They're smiling, they're happy, they're a go-getter. Um, their joy, they, they want their joy to be your joy. They affect people in a positive way. You know, Solomon, King Solomon in Proverbs is saying, listen, your spiritual well-being, the joy that you have, will influence and affect your physical well-being. You guys realize that, don't you? That when I am strong in the Lord... The things of this world that will come my way, physical issues, stress, and trials, whatever they are, I'm better off when I have God's joy living within me. And I'm positively affecting other people. But a crushed or broken spirit, uh, being negative all the time, the glass is always half empty, I'm critical, I get discouraged easy, I get depressed. Uh, you, you negatively affect people when you act that way. You know, I want, I want to share something with you. First Baptist Church of Umatilla is far from perfect. We have not arrived. We've got a long way to go. But I want you to know, every time I come on this campus, you say, oh, seriously? Every time I come on this campus, I am so grateful that God allows me to not only be a member here, but I get to, I get to serve here. I am so grateful that when I meet with a couple on a Wednesday night for premarital counseling and they come on campus for the first time and they say, what kind of huge event is going on right now? Look at all these kids. Look at all these youth. What are they here for? They're here for church. I'm grateful that we're a part of that. I'm grateful that we have three services. I'm grateful that we need an overflow space. I'm grateful that, we're, that, that we have a need for a building campaign right now. And I'm really going to be grateful in about hopefully three months or so when we're all in that building together. Amen? Could I choose negativity? Sure. Could I choose to be critical all the time? Sure. But I want you to know something. I choose joy. Why? Because joy is a way of life. But here's what I want you to know if you're here today and you are prone to negativity. Please do not elbow the person next to you. If you are prone to negativity, I want you to realize something. When you choose negativity over joy, you are, you are literally missing the blessing that God has for your life. And, and you ever heard, he gives and takes away. 
He gives and takes away. If we lose sight of how blessed that we are, the blessing that he bestowed upon us, he can take it away too. He can take it away. And, and I want you to realize something about joy. Your joy does not come from Brooks Braswell. Believe me, I'm going to throw as much joy as I got on you, but I'm going to tell you who it came from because it comes from him. Today we need to choose joy. Today we need to protect it as it dwells within our heart. And we also need to be prepared to live it out in our lives. Let, let me close with this thought, and, and maybe it'll, it gives you a moment just to consider where you are right now. Right now in your spiritual season of life, how's your joy meter? Is it where it needs to be? Are you, are you running on empty and the only thing that brings you joy are these little bursts of uh, spiritual input that maybe you get on a Sunday morning and then Monday and Tuesday come and your joy meter goes back down. Can I just tell you something respectfully? I don't need you and I don't need what we do right here to keep my joy meter up. Yes, this is a part of it. But what allows us to be joyful is keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who dwells within our lives. And so I pray that this Christmas season, you can have the joy of the Lord coming out of you, and you're spreading those joy cooties everywhere. Amen?